I got like millions of ideas. Exactly. I mean, so many ideas. I thought you were about to say, I got like millions of dollars. <laughs> I was about to say, damn, I like flicks. No, 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 I don't. But um, but I do have millions of ideas, and I think that they're worth millions of dollars. You just need a way to <laughs> monetize an idea yeah. per dollar, but and you'll be fine. It's not a it's not a monetization thing. It's a time based thing. Yeah, like I, I can I can get the money to start these companies, but you'd need to put all of your time and attention on it. They're not going to do shit unless we do it. It's making the sales. It's not the idea. It's right? the execution. Exactly. Uh, yes, I mean coming up with an idea is one thing. Doing it is way different. You know, I, there's probably a lot of people that's come up with good ideas, but you can't if you don't get with it and do it, it ain't, it ain't gonna matter. That's what I was, I was talking to um, the uh, the guy that um, we're doing that logo for, you know, and I was talking to him. Excuse me, last uh, last Friday at the brewery, and I was like, he's like, well, I like this one, and they were going through these logos that Tristan made up, and he was like, well, I don't like this one. I was like, why? Why don't you like it? You know, and he was like, because well, I don't like this and this. I was like, oh, my God, you're getting lost in the fucking weeds, dude. I was like, they're the same thing. And everybody was laughing at me. I was like, make a sell, make a sell, make sales. And then the logo will just be good. You know what I mean? Like the Nike swoosh is shit. It's not that great of a logo. It's it just, that great of a motto. Just do it. It is, but you would if you just need to do it. Yes, but if it was Foot logo Joy, left, you wouldn't think it was right. that great a logo. You're like, oh, it's just Foot Joy, right? Like they made that logo good because how good their company did. It had nothing to do with that. Oh, that check mark is just an incredible idea. Oh my God, who came up with the check mark? No, they built badass shoes, and people started buying them, and then that check mark became iconic because of them. It's not vice versa. It's Oh my God! Make a sale. You have to make a sale, and then that 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 logo becomes good. I mean, your point is she could have made anything. It could have been a check mark or a it flat line or anything. It could have, it could have been very extravagant too, and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, it wouldn't have changed no. the trajectory. Mm-hmm. The guy was making cross country running shoes on a waffle iron. That's what he did. He That's was, what shoe dogs was. He about, was right? the he was the head coach of. The Oregon Ducks cross country, um, Prefontaine, and he made you know who Prefontaine is. A, it was a badass run. He died in a car accident. Went to the Olympics a couple of times, but he was an icon in the cross country running. But um, Steve Prefontaine. There's Steve a, Prefontaine. There's a dope movie just called Prefontaine. There's a couple of movies about him actually, but uh, that guy, the guy was you know just a legend athlete, you know, and uh, his coach is the one that invented Nike. They didn't say that in any of those movies, but. Mm-hmm. It is him, and he's making them on a waffle, waffle iron. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, what's who's uh, Don Donald Sutherland plays the coach. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. And one of in one of them, I know there's a couple different ones. That one's the best one though. The one you're talking about. I can't remember. It's been one. a long time. He almost dies in that movie. The guy that plays Steve Prefontaine almost died in that movie. The actor almost died. The actor. Yeah. How? Being in like super super shape, because he was super thin. Like that guy weighed nothing. He's a cross country. Oh runner. yeah, yeah. He was running and probably so he was like, pounds sucking wet. Well, that guy wasn't going and like running a hundred miles to get in shape. He was like, I don't think I'm gonna eat this week. You know, that's how I'm gonna look like a cross country. I don't think I'm gonna eat for the month of May. The month, the whole month of May is is done. Mm-hmm. Corey Hewitt, right? Yeah. Corey Hewitt, what's your company's name? Gimme. Welcome, welcome Thank to you. welcome to the to the room. This is where all all good ideas start. The podcast magic. It's, it is. It's a. It's it's the magic. 
some magic. Especially we have Bailey here. He's he he comes up with. We all put our little recipe in, and we come out with a good product. Awesome. What do you think? I think you two together. I mean, it just makes an exciting atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> and we got you can't forget Tristan. Yeah, he's he, he's twisting his beard, <laughs> thinking of something. Yeah. Tristan's like a like a wet napkin sometimes, and sometimes he's points. like a Jack Russell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I wonder what podcast I'm gonna do next. Yeah. Twisty. So what's been up, man? Well, you got to talk to Evan. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And he's awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly the charismatic half of the uh, of the duo. What would you call yourself? I don't know. Um, the brains of the operation. <laughs> Probably other. a couple of four letter words. Yeah, ah. the, the other. Yeah. The other, yeah, the other guy. Well, you when I when I met you today, uh, and I think I met you before uh, a long time ago. And I told Evan that I think that I passed passed by you guys at Atlanta Tech Village a few years ago. It's possible um, we were in the basement mm, uh, for a lot of the, our time. Put you there. in the basement, exactly. <laughs> put those guys in the basement. I mean, I think we we're the only hardware startup there for a while. So we're like, mm. we don't know what to do with you guys. You know, your vending machines <laughs> could break the glass. But downstairs, there's no glass. <laughs> We fit, you know, we fit in right there. For they've sure, got, they've got some more hardware startups now. A couple more. They've got at least three that I can think of that are very interesting. Three. An automotive <laughs> I mean, they have related like 600 one. Six hundred startups. Automotive there. hardware. Yeah. Hardware. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Greensy. No, I'm no. talking a different company. Okay. And also, the Lauren Longo's company is out of there as well. They're a hardware startup. Um, oh, that's the baby one. Yeah. So right, they, the baby they monitor. built like a piece yeah. of hardware that's like a looks like a thermostat you hang on your wall for all these. It tracks all these different events for your baby. So like, mm -hmm. you know, every time it pees, you mark down it pees. Every mm -hmm. time you it eats, you mark down that it ate. And then you have this app interface that shows you like, mm -hmm. hey, your baby hasn't eaten. Reminds you their name. You forget <laughs> you know? it. You know. <laughs> But that yeah. matters. Think about, like, you've got a three-year-old, right? I've got a four-year-old. I'm glad I remember. I can, name. like, yesterday, See? close my eyes and remember the fatigue. Oh, yeah. Like, you, it's just a very fatiguing. But you were young when you had it, when you had your baby, when you had Harrison. So you're more equipped than a 30-year-old a thirty -year -old to do that. See, the, the, re the reason you're supposed to have babies in your early 20s is the same reason you don't have hangovers in your early 20s. Exactly. Right? You're supposed to be... The, you're better equipped. Exactly. The, the, universe, the universe... Yes, you are. You are. You can get less sleep. So when I you, have to say, my well, wife is pregnant again right now. Oh, I'm congratulations. so excited, but I have PTSD about the sleep. How old are you? 31. Oh, cool. So how old... You, you have a three-year-old. So I had my first child at 30. So about the same, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 30 and then, and then 33. You got a boy? A boy. Yeah, a three-year-old boy, and we just found out it's going to be a little girl. Nice. Oh, Congrats. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Congrats. yeah, my, my business partner, they're having their baby next week. Oh, wow. Is yeah. it a girl, too? Yeah. Uh, Natalie will be uh, back Chris, back Chris's girls. second. Yeah, both of us. We, we we blow the balls right off of them, man. So we can only have girls. Girls, girls, girls. Golly. Yeah, that's yeah, a good. You never heard that saying? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's a good one. Never heard no. that. I hope I never hear it again. Yeah, why? <laughs> It's, it's still, what it is. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. So. Yeah, it's, we can only have girls. Some, something in the something in the, the the MP group water, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm in that boat right now. <laughs> you so. guys were in ATV when you had your uh, your first one. Uh, no, we delivered at the hospital. No. <laughs> your company. I mean, it felt like I lived there. Uh, we were quick. working uh, long hours there, but um, yeah, we were at ATV and. It was pretty exciting because, like, the ATV team got a little onesie that mm. had ATV's logo on it. My wife, uh, she had one with the company's logo on it. So every time we'd go to the little ATV events, this is before COVID, 
Uh, but we were always we're always able to dress them up. Obviously, don't bring that baby in here during COVID. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I, I when um when um my partner's first uh, child was born, I we we got him a onesie that said uh, you know future MP group biz or partner. Yeah, you know that's and, cool. Well, yeah, it was it was fun. What at that point when you guys were in ATV, what were you guys still having that type of interaction with other accelerators around Atlanta? Because you guys have been kind of in and out of that space for all that technology space for a while, from what I understand. Yeah, like we're it. proud to be in the technology space. Sure. We originally got started in CreateX. It's a Georgia Tech uh, launch program. From there, uh, we actually found office space and kind of incubated with our first customer. And uh, then from there, we got seed investment from David Cummings. And part oh, wow. of the condition of that was that we would relocate to ATV. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and we were there for a while. Uh, and then we decided um, to, to grow again. Sure. Sweet. Sure. So, so <laughs> your first seed round you get from David I feel like Cummings. that's a first. I don't know if we need to like pull the tape. It was, you know, no, but I've done, I, look, so it. I think we I do it to each other on purpose. I don't, I don't do it. I don't do that a lot. I, I do it to fuck with them sometimes because usually I have something to say. But uh, we, we were, we, we had the opportunity to go do uh, a podcast with Roy Jones Jr. Seven days or eight days, 10 days before the Tyson fight. And uh, we were doing a, a a podcast in in our condo, <laughs> and I just I just sat there and, and I went up uh, like mind, and I could not think of what I was about to say. Yeah, and like, I said that I said that exactly on on the podcast. He said, I'm blank. Like, I'm blank. You know, but I usually don't get blank. I wasn't blank then. I was fucking with him. No, I don't. <laughs> but the be, the best like, thing about it too for that that's yeah. pretty cool. No, we do it to the other to some of the other reps that have just spent less time in here because like yeah. this started with us in the kitchenette at our other office. Yeah, just literally us. Like we would just get in here and talk for hours and figure it out until it sounded good until we were jogging in the conversation. Cover. You know, and so uh, the best thing is when. You do that to like somebody that spent less time in the podcast room. They're like, uh, 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 let me think of something that, but it's cool when you're, I did it on purpose to Chris too. The first time he was in here doing it and uh, my business partner, but he, it took him like a second to know what I was doing and turned back around and started talking. He knew we've known each other forever. So he, he fucking (laughs) knew it it for sure. He was like, and just started asking another question. And after that, he's like, you're such a jackass. I was like, sorry. (laughs) I put the influence on it. I don't really care. But, um, so you've got your first seed round from, David Cummings, what all comes with that other than relocating to ATV? Does that initial ball and chain? No, does that initial investment like because you're so early in your idea? That's that's why I was going to ask you. Is like kind of what is your your thoughts behind taking, you know, money or funding in the first place? Because like there's a time and place for that, you know. And so like if your idea is valued at so little because you don't have a hardware piece of your hardware technology or your you know, not far into your coding journey, like you still have a lot of that infrastructure to build out. There's a lot of people that give away way too much before you can even really flesh out what your idea is worth. Like, you know, you don't know if you have a billion dollar idea, but if your your company's worth ten grand because you have no coding and no hardware and somebody mm-hmm. gives you a thousand dollars for ten percent, you're shooting yourself in the foot a lot of the time. So I guess that's, it just that's depends on what you need though. No, well David Cummings not a bad one to get it through from first. I mean he's he's done he's played this game before. From our experience he's been a, a really positive part of our capital. I'm sure. So we're, we're, yeah, I mean that for us was a really good deal. Yeah. Um I would say <laughs> that if you're looking to raise, there's a couple of reasons why you'd want to do it. You know, if you have a ten thousand dollar company and you sell for a thousand bucks, 
maybe that's a bad idea in those numbers, but I'd say like if, it, if that thousand bucks helped you grow 10 times faster than you would have if you never got the thousand bucks, and it was probably worth it, you know, because your 90% is now worth 900%, if you will, because it sure. grew by 10x so fast. What's how much time does it take to do to what, what, if it was worth it or not, how long would it take you to do that? To do it without that, it. Yes. And so as a yeah. hardware software company, we were in a different boat. We needed to kind of uh, overcome the hump of it takes a lot of cash to build a thing and to build a thing and ship a thing. And so we needed to be able to get over that point. And we had early customers before we t- took any investment money, but we knew we needed to scale our ability to get hardware in the field. And there was no way to just code away and wait for it. It was just either you you know, you know, had enough cash to keep going or, or you don't and you yeah. can't grow. So for us, it made sense. The And and that's how I, for you guys, it probably did make sense, especially that's just a really good name investor that, that comes in. He's done this before a bunch, so he probably gives you good advice. But I've talked to other people at the Tech Village and at Switchyard, and, and one of my uh, advice to them, they, they always ask me, do you have any advice? You know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you don't always have to take the money. If you don't have to take the money, don't yeah. take the money. I mean, if, if you can build X amount of customer base in a year, do it, because then that money is less expensive in a year. Totally. You know, so... Or you don't need it altogether. Or you might not need it altogether, but most of the time you still take it. It's just for way less equity. And then you can really multiply that that growth. Yeah, then. I think a lot of times it gets used as this validation. You want the money because it like means something. All of a sudden your mm-hmm. company has value uh, but that somebody right. else defines, and you might really like that number. But if you don't have to, why would you? I find it funny, though, that, that, that a lot of people celebrate hard you know, getting, yeah, the getting money, fundraising—not yeah. the customer That's success. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, make it a is, sale, but not that kind it is, of sale. It is huge. It, I, I find it hilarious. They're like, um, you know, they're, they celebrate the fundraising. I'm like, you just, you just, you know, that's a bill. You have to pay it back. You know what I mean? In yeah. some way, you have to pay that back. So, exactly. Um, and it's so time consuming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was never that fortunate. Nobody ever gave me money, so I did go bang on a bunch of doors and do it myself there you go you built it yeah do you think all the time that people learn how like people learn how to get those initial funding do you think that time well spent because i feel like that's a huge portion of the of the time you spend in like startup school fundraising is a skill for sure um and a lot of it's understanding the story and i think that sometimes people can get really good at telling the story Mm -hmm. and what you really want to make sure is the business that you're investing in is good but yeah it's a definite skill to be able to Help other people understand your vision, believe in it, and want to help you get there. And they can do that by writing a check or a couple other ways. Uh, man, that's why it's it's really important to have a partner that does that while the other person can be focused and centered on the business and acquiring clients while that other is going on. I don't know how I'd do it without a partner. I mean, you know, uh, it's... Uh, it's also validating. Uh, I've heard from another invest yeah, from other investors that they don't like investing in lone wolves because it means somebody else isn't willing to follow them or join them on that journey and that that means something if somebody's willing to like, if it will go broke with you or mm-hmm. stay up late working, mm-hmm. you know, crazy hours What's trying a, to get it done. There's, there's a big difference between 60 hours a week and 120 hours a week. And I say that because you're not a 40 hour week worker when you, when you're an entrepreneur, you're a 60, 70 hour week. And my 120 with Evan's 120, that's we right. were able to do what? 240. And that's right. But seriously, you're like, that's a lot more time. Exactly. A lot more time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that is, uh, it's validating for the, I could see that for the investor. It's a lot of time, and uh, two people doing it is going to get it faster there. 
mm-hmm. to where they want. And their their job is to make them right. And you can right? keep each other on the same course. You yeah. know, sometimes probably the biggest complaint that I've heard from younger entrepreneurs and newer entrepreneurs is they don't realize how lonely it can be mm. trying to start a business. Because it's hard to complain to friends and people if you're talking about like, oh, no, like this million dollar deal didn't happen. People think you're bragging. You know, you're scared because the deal didn't happen. Sure. You're not trying to throw away, uh, you know, a big number. Your employees you can't complain to uh, because they're going to be like super frightened if you. you no, know, it's 100% really. positivity all the time. All the time. Your investors, yeah. it's hard to complain yeah. to them. Unicorns so, and rainbows. It's, there's not a lot of people that understand the struggle and you can be honest with without scaring them in a way that would hurt your company at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be really lonely. Uh, in that capacity. And so having a partner there helps not just with the 120 hours a week, it helps with the staying on the right track, keeping yourself grounded, keeping morale high. That's why it's also good to go to tech conferences and, and really share with somebody you don't know that's going through the same thing as you. Um, because you can throw up, you know, and, and get your, and then you, and you learn from that. So it's, it's important to get out there and network with like-minded, uh, entrepreneurs so you can learn stuff. Totally. Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me about the business. Tell me where it came from. I did everything. Sure. Yeah. yeah. In uh, middle school, I bought my first gumball machine. There you go. A little five foot tall red spiral gumball machine with a beaver lock. You put the quarter in, and it, mm-hmm. it came all the way out. We, uh, I bought a couple more of those, then expanded into a proper snack and soda machine, and grew that a little bit. And by the time I made it to college, I was paying one of my classmates to keep track of it, and. I moved out of state to go to my first school, and so he was just having to write down on a little slip of paper how much cash he got out of the machine and how much product he had to buy. And I was like, "Huh, mm-hmm. that's interesting." I trusted the guy, but I was like, "Oh, that's that's really interesting." He could just write anything he wants down. Hey, Corey, uh-huh. I grabbed a hundred bucks, or I got five hundred dollars, and I'd have you wouldn't know. I'd have no idea. And so I was like, "How does it work for people who have like a thousand of these?" And so that's kind of what created the genesis. Of how the did idea. it work? Just a bigger Excel spreadsheet. The, the, exactly. They could be put. They could be plugged in anyway. Same thing. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, when we got started, maybe half of the people who had large vending operations did it on pen and paper. Yeah. And so they would have little typing pools of people that would type in the slips of paper that the drivers took down. The other half had this old PDA with a curly Q cord that they would plug into the machine to download that info. Mm. But it was the bane of their existence. Sure. So we uh, we connected well. There was a guy that we met, and we said, "Hey, if we can get rid of this." You know, would that be interesting? He said, I'll write you a blank check. If you yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we wrote that down. We were doing customer discovery at the time. Uh, Evan and I thought, hey, maybe we'll get involved. Maybe we'll do actually credit card readers on the vending machine. Mm-hmm. We can put like a screen on it. Apple Pay is brand new. Maybe we could do something there. And instead, we heard the guy talking about how this little device controlled kind of his business, how much cash he was collecting. Can he trust his people? What does he refill? And he hated it. So when he gave us a blank check comment, uh, you know, if we could fix it, he'd write a blank check. Uh, we decided, hey, maybe we should Goes focus on that way, area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's the thing we need to be doing. So, so you're you're taking this childhood idea and then you're turning it into an adult dream and going, okay, I, I want to do this. So, how many people did you interview? And were all of them like, this is the bane of my existence? Is is that their only? Was that their only thing, or was it? What about logistics? Getting the the food there, the product there. It was amazing. We got 100 people. We did customer discovery. We interviewed, I think, like 500 different vending operators all the way from really little. They had like three machines mm-hmm. to they had over 10,000 machines. Mm. And we did that over the course of the summer, put like a bunch of miles in rental cars. And it was our 100th interview where somebody said, oh, by the way, if somebody could just figure out how to make an app out of that stupid handheld, that's what they call it, the yeah. handheld. If somebody could just make an app from that stupid handheld, they'd be like a millionaire. 
the hundredth time we heard that, we wrote it down. We're like, hey, that's exactly what that's we're what gonna we do. do. That's yeah. what we gotta do. So it didn't take fifty; it took a hundred for you. Like, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, it took a hundred. <laughs> we really wanted to do the sexy payments thing. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but credit card processing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we've heard of it. Yeah, there's money to be made there from mm-hmm. time to time. So we thought maybe there's something there. New technology, payment processing. But it didn't go that direction. Our customers had a different pain. Well, there's plenty of time. We're young. We can still make that happen, you know? Yeah. I know a company that will be interested in doing that with you guys. Just oh, there tell we them. go. I'll hook you up with them after the podcast. Um, for sure. So um when when you uh I lost my train of thought. So you're you you, you, you got you got me. You got me. I'm blank. Um, Is that handheld thing? Like across your whole industry? It was. Everybody was using the same thing? Everybody's using the same thing. It was an old zebra handheld. Huh. And so we were like, hey. That kept, kept inventory and everything in it. Yep. And you needed the cord because. That's unique, though. That's unique, though, that something has that. Somebody made a million out of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? They made a lot of money out of that. Yeah, a million a day. So our first marketing thing is we FedExed people hammers. And uh, we said, you can use this to smash your handheld. Yeah. And we were talking to somebody just a couple weeks ago, and they're like, hey, I still have your hammer on my desk. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. It's like, nobody's going to throw away a quality hammer. And they get the idea of like what it's there for. So Tristan it, it, agrees. <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you in the one what we talked to to Evan about a lot was the, uh, just the growth of I think of vending machines in general is coming to more like Asian countries and you're going to be able to buy more stuff from vending machines, food, hot food, cold food, sushi, whatever. Totally, especially um, after COVID. I mean, we think about vending machines as like classic metal box, quarter in, type in the number, mm-hmm. but. For our industry, vending machines have expanded to be markets. You see them at the airport where they just have sandwiches and drinks. Uh, Amazon Go is kind of like the most, the pinnacle of innovation for a vending machine Mm -hmm. because it's still the unattended retail experience. You walk in, get an item, pay, no employees, leave. Mm -hmm. That, if you will, is the most expanded view that a vending machine could possibly be. And our customers operate stores like that today. What do they look like on loss prevention? I mean, like, what what do they expect to lose on on just theft or wrong ring-ins, that kind of thing. So for our customers, they figure usually between 25 and 3%. Really? That's wow. it, huh? Mm-hmm. If it goes beyond that, then it's an issue. And that seems low to you? It does seem low to me, yes. Hmm. I would I would figure in, well, because it's loss prevention, I look at spoilage too. Um, so it's not just, it's not just it, you know, I know those are two different things, but I would put in 10% of all, all, all together and then mark yeah. up accordingly. That's what I would do. I mean, look. At the Think end about of the, how many times your chips get stuck against the window, though. At the end of the day, you just have to bang on it real hard. You know the shake, the shake routine. <laughs> don't shake um, the machine. Yeah. No, don't don't do that. <laughs> no, they they rock over and kill people. Ah, I've never seen that. <laughs> Seventy maybe, years. Maybe one day. You gotta really uh, want some freedom. Oh, you want free to chips? rock this really vending angry. machine over? Let's I, vending I, machine I, fall I, on I've you. hit a, a vending machine hard to get my. To get my Reese's peanut butter cups out of there, man. Did it work? Of course, every time. <laughs> you know, you could just buy it again, and maybe you'd get like two or three with it. Well, you would hope to get two if you paid for two. So almost all of our customers have a little light bar at the bottom now, mm-hmm. where if it doesn't, you put the money in, you hit the code, and it doesn't fall, and it doesn't hit that light bar, mm-hmm. it'll just go ahead and vend it again for you. So usually now people get like a little jackpot, where if it gets stuck, it'll wait a second, then you get two. A little jackpot. Wow. Exactly. Two That's Reese's. what I could There's you get your two, two Reese's. Actually, it'd be four Reese's because they come two in a pack. Unless you get a king size. Mm-hmm. Ah, then it's eight. Yeah. Then you got, got a got nice vending machine. Let me check. That's right. Eight. <laughs> I got the math down. Damn. That's pretty crazy, though. I, th- I would have thought it would have been, uh, been less than that. 
then so but like I said, I mean it's very controlled. It's gonna be spo- it's gonna be spoilage too, and I know they're two different things, but you know, you're gonna have, you know, ham sandwiches that you can't sell the next day. How does that happen? How, does somebody have to attend those, especially those live ones, every morning? Or oh, every yeah. Day? Our software helps with that, too. you you got to pay attention to the food. Make sure that you're not selling anything out of date. Somebody could get sick. So that's taken pretty seriously where you're checking the dates all the time. What's the health code on that? Did somebody come visit your, your vending machine, your market vending machine? I don't like 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 they do restaurants like if they they get like a health inspector goes and 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 does that what kind of totally sealed so they'll inspect the factory that makes it factory has to seal it yeah. airtight got to print the date on it properly and then it's the responsibility to keep it at the proper temperature and they have safeguards to make sure that happens too but our vending customers if they don't open the package or they don't create the package they don't have the same health code as the factory that produces it what kind of safeguards but some of our customers actually do the kitchen do the prep to make mm. the food as well and that. There's a lot going in there. Sure. Um, where I mean, if we go in, we've got to put the little like hair nuts on our you know heads and on our beards, and got to make sure that our feet are clean and all that just to get in Golly. to the facility. Your so, feet. Oh yeah. You have to wash your feet. That's <laughs> got to put weird. the little slippers on. Who's, and, going, who's going in there barefooted anyways? Yeah, you got to put those big <laughs> socks on your feet. Got to keep people safe, you know. You do. No, for sure. I mean, look at the end of the day, like. It, <laughs> Food trucks are not cheap. Like you can you can put enough money in uh, or price on your products in a vending machine, and people will still buy it for the convenience of hey, it's right there. Mm-hmm. So you still there's still enough money for the spoilage and for the lost, you know, the the lost prevention aspect of it. What do you said that when it gets up above two and three percent, they're thinking about pulling the vending machine. Well, I mean, the vending machine is probably like less than one percent shrinkage. Right. Like you know, if somebody no, stole I'm talking, from a, I'm talking about uh, the, 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 markets. the markets. Yeah. Yeah. If that happens, usually they're inside something like an office building, and so they can talk to HR, and you know they've got cameras all over, and they can talk to HR, and usually they have agreements where if somebody's stealing, they get fired. Yeah. And the first time somebody gets fired for stealing a Snickers, nobody else steals Snickers for a while because yeah. you, you know you don't want to lose your job over that. And if that doesn't fix the problem, then they'll just replace it back with vending machines again. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. What's next? What's what's other other than vending machine for you guys? So we play in the grocery space too. That's right. So we build software and hardware that, like we said, connects to the vending machine. The software helps manage what goes in it. Are you pulling you know food out? If hopefully you know we've done our job correctly, we didn't send too much to begin with. Uh, we help on the grocery side too with deliveries. So mm-hmm. some of our names and they are NDA protected, unfortunately, but some of the names are names that people would recognize, and we help track the deliveries between the brands that produce them like a bakery for instance every single day they're making fresh bread mm-hmm. and the fresh bread doesn't get sent to a warehouse until somebody orders a loaf every morning you know somebody wakes up at like two in the morning they get the truck the, the food in bread their, lines, yeah. oh yeah food's on the truck by like 4 a.m and they're driving to grocery stores and by 5 a.m the bread's hitting the shelf mm-hmm. and so we help in that moment of transaction to help them count how many if you will breads uh, were delivered and generate the invoice that gets them paid from the grocery store. What is uh like I'd, I'd mentioned earlier about you know some other countries are really a lot bigger in in the vending machine space. Have you gone overseas and do they have that software already that you've already developed here? We haven't gone overseas. I don't know what they're using right now to manage it. They use a different data standard. Ours is called sure. Dex. Everywhere else, it's called EVA Eva. Um, but right now, uh, other than from a food perspective, the U.S. outpaces everybody else. Sure. From a vending perspective, we uh, really more like more sales. It. Oh yeah, way more sales. Huh. Okay. But 
But so those are the machines, not the markets and things like that. Yeah, okay. the markets are getting huge everywhere. I always heard that you could walk by vending machines, and I don't know if this is real, like in Japan, and it, you they'll pop up. You can pop up marketing on your on your phone. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then like, hey, there's a sushi vending machine right here. There's a pizza vending machine right here. That sounds amazing. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know. So if you guys try to do that with your software, you got to give me uh, and Bailey yeah, for the idea. Only very, right. very modest twenty five percent. Not a piece together. <laughs> together. Yeah, that's a deal. I think so. Yeah. I think so. You'll have two good salespeople then too. I'd hate to know what you got for that money. At twenty five percent. I'd hate to know what you gave away for that money. We really appreciate you coming in. It's been awesome. I love uh loved meeting you and and your partner uh, a month or so ago and uh you know I expect nothing but big things from you guys. I appreciate it. How can we get a hold of you? Who's your best client? Uh how can our community help you? Hmm. Okay. How to get a hold of us. Visit us online, gimme G I M M E vending dot com. Or we came out with a more easy one. It's just vending.ai. Uh, you can check us out there. As far as our best customer, it would probably be Southern Refreshment Services uh, in Atlanta. And uh, their owner, Dan Hart, is someone real special to us. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Everybody be kind to each other. <laughs>